Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. It's Margaret. You know, I am true crime obsessed, and I'm so excited because we are doing Mortal Minority March here at The Margaret Show. For all of March, I'll be sitting down with a comedian guest like Robin Tran, Alec Mappa, or Brent Weinbach to talk about one of my favorite subjects, minorities who kill. You think you have the potential to be a serial killer? No, no, but I think I could get killed. If you're Asian American yeah, and, and you want to blend crime, in and disappear, just go to Hawaii. You're gonna go to Hawaii. Just go to Hawaii. They'll never find you. The electric chair would just be the worst. I also wonder what it looks like with your hair. Like, does it like poof up? I feel like there's a preventative measure to this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. If you're an Asian and has a younger sibling and you right. want them to kill your boyfriend, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't miss Mortal Minority March. Subscribe to The Margaret Show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. An Erio's original. Even if you don't have sex with a comic, that's how New York works. You meet someone, you have sex with them, there's something bad happens, and then you see them all the time. They're in Dwayne Reed. It's like, I'm in this Dunkin' Donuts, this is mine now, get out. Like, what are you doing? A big part of our show is the idea you have in your head of this is what this thing looks like Mm -hmm. often isn't a good idea. Right. And you just, if you examine it a little bit, Mm -hmm. you start to realize, oh, wait, that's, uh, this isn't isn't actually serving me. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. Welcome to The Margaret Cho. Today, we're so excited to have Sydney Washington and Marie Faustin, really, really funny comedians. Your eyebrows look good for the podcast. Yes. You know, I have been using a eyebrow stencil. <laughs> oh, really? You know, because I, I second guess myself with my eyebrows. Because you don't know. You both have beautiful eyebrows. Well, well. I don't do anything to my eyebrows Those are perfect naturally. Yeah. Well, I had to shave mine in, so, you know. You so we're not them, all blessed. You curved them with the hat. Let I me, did. Well, let us see. Let's see. Okay. Beautiful. 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 I did my best. But it is like, I was um, in the 90s, we just tweezed everything because we just thought... You never, we're thin. never going to use these. No. We're never going to have these. The and thinner, you, they, the thinner yeah. they were, the cooler you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a, a thin line. But now, uh, yeah, I use a stencil. So thank you for noticing. A stencil. Yes. I've seen people on the subway in New York, like, draw them in in the dark. Just like. Yeah. It's like an intuitive thing, I think. Um, and it's kind of, I think, dictated by uh, just your own preferences. 
But I, I like a stencil just because I like to have a pattern. And I think that I like to just follow in life. Like I like to follow instructions, patterns, directions, things like that. So I know that you had some direction in dom- doming. <laughs> doming. You were on uh, this like um, YouTube thing where you were going to like take more charge in the bedroom. Oh, you found that? You yeah. found that video? And it was so cute. Um, with Margaret. Francisco. And I was like, how did I wanted to find out how it went. Oh, okay. So I did this this video about um, taking more charge in the bedroom. That was an LOL moment because so great. it's um not really me, but I was like, ah, you know what, this is video, I'm gonna do my best. You got paid for it. No, I did not. Oh, I did well, not. This okay. was just good out of the goodness of my heart. And at the time I did want to like be better in my relationship mm-hmm. sexually mm-hmm. and be more adventurous. Um, so this woman came in and she's all about being a, a dom. Mm-hmm. And um, she was showing me ways to be more confident and yeah. role playing. And I'm bad at acting. So it was it was tough, but it was really fun. It's fun. I mean, it's fun to uh, role play. Like this is my um, 2020 resolution. Okay. Is I'm going to be a top. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a pillow princess. I'm I, such a I pillow like biter. Lay there I like to and let it face down yes. and just. I'm not involved in this. Okay, <laughs> like you just go ahead. No, I really enjoy somebody who takes charge. But I realize that I have to like give some back. So well, you got to throw it back a little bit when your face is in that pillow. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, you know, I feel like you got a good core. I know, <laughs> Marie. I feel Thank like you. you're good at that. Huh? Well, I also don't like to really do that much work, but I like to get on top every once in a while. I yeah. think it like. And also, when you say, I want to get on top, the person that you're with is like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's good to be, like, to exercise that dominant side, which I think, for me, is natural in life. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very dominant in, like, my work life Mm -hmm. and my friendships and everything except for sex. Hmm. I'm very submissive in sex. Wow. I think I'm through and through. I'm not submissive, but I'm, I'm just, like... Very low maintenance, and I'm I'm chill, and I go with the flow. Yeah, I'm a log. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely in a log, and I lay there, and I feel like I'm good at that. Yeah, yeah. I like that you too. I, I tried to get on top the other day, and uh, I had just done legs at the gym, and I was like, <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> and he was like, You just got here, literally, like just. Got on top, and I was like, "Yeah, but I did legs today. Do you have a foam roller here? I know <laughs> you can roll out your legs. Exactly. You got to do the IT band. Oh, okay. roll it out. There you go. Mm. Roll it out. It's it hard. Fun. It's hard. I think that people always expect their female comedians to be dominant all across the board. You know, like that's what I found because if you do comedy, there's something that's so forceful about that and brave, and um, you know, forward. So then people make assumptions about what you would be like sexually from your stage persona. It's hot. Mm-hmm. People watching women, like female comedians that get on stage and like talk their shit mm-hmm. is hot. It, it is. is. It's, it's, it's a, a big turn on. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's also just like, okay, you're by yourself on stage. So right. I, I imagine what you're going to be like with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then you get in the bedroom and you're like, tee stop looking at my butt. No. no <laughs> yeah, you guys got to do better. <laughs> I'm like, turn all the lights off. Um, oh, we're trying to do this in a date. Turn the sun off. Mm-hmm. Um, so How do you yeah. feel about daytime sex? I like daytime sex. Okay. I like morning sex, um, much like Cardi B. Mm-hmm. And a checks, mm-hmm. but I think it's like morning sex is good because it's like um, it starts the day off right. 
Yeah, but I mean like someone coming over for like an afternoon delight. How do you feel I do about like that? that too. I like that too. Um, I have to wash my asshole first because okay. my asshole does have a midday yes. funk. Mm. That's, that's real. That's an afternoon very, delight. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really, it, it, it's something that collects quite fast. I think maybe from the gym. Oh, you got to get those wipes. Those wipes are good. Right. The ass wipes. They, yeah. They're called baby wipes, but when adults use it, it's ass wipes. So. Yeah, those help. Yeah. But I definitely uh, want to have some preparation time before any before any sex. I like to uh, just rinse it at least, mm. just run some water over it. As an uh, being older, yes. But when I was younger, oh man, twenty three, mm-hmm. I was straight out a whole day just off a bike. Like let's go. Like <laughs> I was not. Yeah. I did not care about the other person. That's I was like, fine. well, you want it or you want it. It's Fresh good. Off the cute train. Yeah, it's cute. I mean, I think it's like you know, it's kind of it's 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 preference for everyone. I think um, you know how you like it. But daytime is nice, and also then you can have dinner after, mm. or um, you have your whole day after. Sometimes you gotta. Like, uh, I like in the um, early part of the evening, too, as opposed to late, because late gets too, then you're tired, and it's weird. I'm always tired, so it don't matter if we start in 8 a.m. or, like, 8 p.m. or Mm -hmm. midnight. I'm just like... Yeah, you know, you take your time. I'm just going to be here. It's, it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to take, take a little nap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fun. I'm having fun with sex right now, so it's it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you, are you you a partnered or are you having single fun? I'm having single fun. That's the best. Um, <laughs> last year celebrated uh, my Eat, Pray, Ho uh, journey. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I'm sleeping with like two people right now mm-hmm. and I'm trying to add like Three of or four, you know, yeah. so I have like a little, a nice little roster for the month. That's perfect, right? That's perfect. Right? But yeah. someone for something different. Yeah, everybody. Like uh, what I do for each lover is I wear a different perfume so I could remember who they are Ooh. and what they like. Okay, that's let's a go note. Through, let's go through these six. Noted. Yeah. Yes. What are you wearing? So for one certain one, uh, somebody I really like, I wear Gayak Ten by Lilabo because it's just woody and. He's very hard. Mm-hmm. So I like that the okay. wood, the hard, yeah, like a um, musk masculine, yeah. And then for another, it would be um, this one called French Lover because he is a French lover. Oh. And, um, How's that working out for you? Yeah, you're so thoughtful it's over good. here. It's good. Well, it helps me because I get into the headspace of what does this person want. Mm. You know, and then there's a woman that I'm with that I wear nothing because she likes nothing. Mm. So that's a kind of thing of like, it's just my own fragrance. She white? She's a white lady? Yes. Yeah, she likes nothing, too. so she's a top. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. All right. Makes sense. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. um, and then uh, I think, uh, yeah, for every single one, there's a specific scent that I can, d- and it's emotional too, so it can have a different emotional response because they all kind of call something different emotionally from I me. I might need to write that down. That's, no, that's I'm going to listen to the episode when it yeah. comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's helpful because if you have more than one lover, then it's so- sort of like you almost have to get into the headspace of who they are. Um, for me, that's more pleasing because you, you you also change with every lover. Yeah, that's what? a lot. That's very for me. That's time consuming because mm-hmm. you know I've been there, done that, and uh, just trying to keep up and juggle and care and be accountable for people's yeah. feelings. I you can sleep with somebody and not care about them. Yeah, Marie, you, not me. I'm like <laughs> I'm an emotional person. I mm-hmm. I bond with people easily. You so, are. are you having sex with any like comics? Are you having sex with? Oh, like, oh we bands? don't do that. Girl. No. Girl. See, I made the mistake of Girl. having sex yeah. with a lot of comics when I 
was starting, and now it's like you never stop seeing those people. Oh no 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 no! We don't even in I don't New even York. See them now. I, it, yeah. Wait, even if you don't have sex with a comic, that, that's how New York works. Mm-hmm. You you meet someone, you have sex with them. There's something bad happens, and then you see them all the time. They're in Dwayne oh, Reed. Yeah. They're oh, just no. walking down the block. It's oh. like I'm in this Dunkin' Donuts. This is mine now. Get out! Right. Like what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I definitely don't want to hook up with comedians. I love myself too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like incestuous almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're all banging each other and. It's like, I don't need you to come to my show, uh-huh. see me thrive, and know in your <laughs> mind that your dick was in me. I, I need you to know that I shut you down. Or, right. I, or I don't need you to see me on stage and I'm having one of them nights mm-hmm. and you see me bombing and then I got to get off stage like, ah, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting on the train to Bushwick to sleep on your air mattress, dude. That's not what's no. happening. That's not my um, narrative. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, and also, I don't, like, I'm on tinder and anytime a dude recognizes me from a show i mm-hmm. unmatch i'm like Yuck. oh yeah because yeah. to me that's like you know more about me mm-hmm. than i know about you and you a fan mm-hmm. that's what i that's a what fan. i say yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm not begging a fan yeah i was yeah. on um i was on the apps too and i was on it when i was in an open relationship and uh immediately they were the lesbians were letting my girlfriend know at the time mm-hmm. hey do you know sydney's Sydney's on a. They were telling her. Yeah, oh. I'm. I'm not saying I'm famous, but I'm. I'm out here. In you the, know, in the in the gay community, in the gay com- they know me. <laughs> no, in you New York. are. I mean, you you're both very well known. It's it's the thing is like, um, you know, when you're putting yourself out there on apps, it's definitely like, of course, people are going to recognize you. Of course, they're going to know. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we just have to face like okay well that's part of who we are mm-hmm. and it's okay like i've um i'm on the apps but i'm not on um tinder i'm mm-hmm. only on apps that are real sleazy that are only um android only and Whoa. they're real, uh, what, <laughs> that are all like <laughs> locations based so they're, <laughs> they're just all like gross people fucking around but it's really helpful <laughs> gross old people over 50 but it's fun but it's like um Definitely, like, if somebody recognized me, I'm like, ooh. I mean, sometimes people are really unsafe when they do these things. Like, I love a sleazy sex moment, but I really need to know what's going on. Yeah. Like, I need to know the person's not going to kill me. Okay. But you never know. You, you never know. literally you never just, know. I will probably get killed by a trick. That's probably, no. like, the thing. <laughs> We're not putting like, that that's out it. there. That's, that's what's like, going on. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, probably get killed by trick or, I mean, that's, that's kind of a noble way to die because that's real, like, old school Hollywood, mm, you know? Glamorous, um, yeah. Very, very Salminio or, like, um, uh, I don't know. Like, there's something that's very tragic and uh, somebody that's pursuing sex as sort of a drug that, that, that I kind of, I do like a looking for Mr. Goodbar kind of, like, singles lady mm, moment. Okay, are you, is this something you're working on? Is maybe. Like maybe? <laughs> this feels good. Are we sort working on something? Maybe a pilot. This, maybe a pilot. Yeah, man, this but might we'll be, be a limited series because I'll die. So. No. Right, but it starts with the death. <laughs> yeah, and then you die. But then oh, you come good. back. Oh, that's smart. You come back as a trick. Okay. Yeah, so that's a good idea. it could just keep going. Yeah, like Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That Ooh, was a really good show. That's I like a great that. show. Amazing. So I love that show. Um, I I want to get out there and have more fun sexually, but mm-hmm. I feel like because I did that in my early twenties, in my mid twenty, in my I was yeah, I, I was honing it up for a long time. But like now, <laughs> I'm just so blah, you know, mm-hmm. and I want to have more fun but i just feel like it's hard with lesbians we want to we want to be in love immediately i know we got to introduce our cats first find Mm -hmm. a neutral space we need to like (laughs) definitely like there's so much women have to go through before sex is possible that it's like i don't 
I don't have that kind of emotional capacity or money or time. Okay, because you got to buy a new strap every time. Every time. And then what do you do with the old strap? Who gets to keep it? It's just, and then they never, it never, um, it's not biodegradable, so it just sits in the, yeah. you know. Oh, y'all are why the, the, the planet is. Yeah. <laughs> you landfill. guys are, yeah. It's like fucking up the landfill. If you think about it, yeah. Because it's just, because I think if you're one of those women that's like, oh, I don't want that if that's been, if you had a whole relationship with that strap on, mm-hmm. I don't want it. I like the uh, the vibrators though. To me, that's like I'm not going to get a new vibrator. No, I'm really attached. I have the those Arras- are universal. Yeah, I have the oscillator and the uh, two uh, rechargeable magic wands. Um, I have the Motor Bunny too, which is new that I'm not quite used to. It's a saddle style vibrator so that you, you sit on it. You sit on it, and it's like got um, it's like leather, and it's got a vibration inside, and you um can strap on like a dildo onto it, but it's like a Sibian, it, it's, but it's cheaper. So it's like the, the off-brand Sibian, but you ride it like a mechanical bull. That sounds like a lot of work. It is. You, you have to get also, it out of the Also, that sounds like a different tax bracket in terms of lesbian. That's like yeah. That's that's you're getting into like Rosie O'Donnell. Territory. Yeah, yeah. That that's real life. <laughs> that's a degenerate right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very it's very <laughs> Ellen and Portia, but yes. it's so um, intimidating that nobody wants to get on it. So I mean, well, it's how just big me. is the saddle? The saddle is um, it's just as like big, a proper saddle. It's a proper set. It's a proper saddle, but you put your knees on the floor, so you're not actually like. I bet I could put it on like a horse of some kind. Oh my god! Oh, but um, I have it just on the floor right now. So you'd have to sort of. I put it like a rug under, so you can sit on it on the rug and then on your knees and then sit on the saddle. Margie, wow. you better go off. That is <laughs> incredible. That's Do I need one. to get that? Maybe. It's kind of... I'm so numb, though. Put it on your Amazon wish list. My birthday is coming up, so maybe. Maybe. It's kind of like a... But it it discourages intimacy because only one person can ride it at a time. But some people people like watching. Yeah. So there's a thing. You can have that sort of aspect to it as well. But some people don't like sex toys at all, which I think um, is also weird. Yeah. Who are those people? Who Who hurt you? Who are those sad people? Sometimes people don't like them. Is that you? <laughs> some people don't like them like sometimes men don't like them because they feel threatened by, oh absolutely they're know. just like I'm all you need and it's like actually you actually, should just actually, go you <laughs> should watch what I'm yeah. doing and then teach your dick <laughs> yeah and it's impossible mm-hmm. it's impossible I remember so. when I was in a, a relationship with a guy and I I started to get obsessed with using a vibrator during sex and he mm-hmm. was just like wait what's going on here and I was like "What's you, you don't like this and he's like I do, but I'm just saying, like, is this necessary? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I mean, it's just easier to get there. And mm-hmm. it's not like you, it, it's it's not like you're taking away from the other person. Oh, no, I was taking, I was like, you're not doing much. <laughs> you're <now."> like, <laughs> just move, move, move. <laughs> but it's definitely something that can be threatening to people who feel insecure about their own sexual prowess, I think. Well, I mean, do better, you yeah. know? Otherwise, exactly. these robots will take your job. <laughs> so true. That's what I got to say about that. Do so better. True. Like, think if you realistically think about the people that you're having sex with, that you're wearing all these different fragrances for. Mm-hmm. Like, you, maybe you don't always need a vibrator for each of them, but maybe every, every once in a while you pull it out for one, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah. if every time you come over, I'm like, well, let me let me get this saddle out. <laughs> And like you should be reading a book on how to please a woman or something. Yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, yeah, listen, it's good to be good at sex, but being good at sex, what do you win from it? Me. Yeah. You win me. You, no, that's not enough. <laughs> you win. I need to win something that's real. You win a tangible. S- a soggy mm. mattress. That's what you win. No. I, do you squirt? 
She does. I, she told me. I don't. I've never seen it. I can't do it. I don't. I've been trying for so long. Really? And it just. It, it's nothing happens. It's such a. Maybe I'm dehydrated. Okay. How do I, I even, see you not drinking any water I over know. there? No, it's a lot of caffeine. Mm-hmm. What What is it that? I mean, is it like a button in there that like kind of? Um, Honestly, I don't know what the science is behind it, mm-hmm. but apparently, once you do squirt, you keep squirting like until you die. Right. When was the first time? Um, what year is it? 2020? Uh, maybe 2018. Mm-hmm. I was at some man's house and mm-hmm. um, I didn't really like him, but I was like, eh, I'm here. And he like ha- he went down on me and it happened and I didn't even, I just was like, what? It like hit his TV. It wow. Was, his couch was a mess and we didn't have sex, but because I was like, this, it scared me. I was like, right. oh, I got to go. I was like, I. Amazing. I didn't hear this story, Marie. This, I gotta is, leave. New, this is new. Like, squish, squish, squish. squish. <laughs> <laughs> and I got in my Uber pool and I was like, squish. It was bad. Um, that's the first time I it happened. Well, now you know the story, friend. Wow. And then I went to Amsterdam for Eat, Pray, Ho mm-hmm. and squirted again there. But like, mo- it was like aggressive. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I destroyed this man's, this poor man's bed. And I left. And then, you know, the guy that I'm sleeping with now makes me squirt. Every time I see him. That's great. Whoa. That's really great. I mean, I, I didn't think that's know wonderful. that either. Well, I learned something new from this bitch every <laughs> fucking day. Whoa, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I mean, it's such a great thing to be able to do. I, I want to know how to do it, but I, I've never been able to. And then and the, um, in the aughts, I got a G-shot, which is a collagen bead under your G-spot. Wait, what? It's um, It was this procedure where you would inject a collagen bead under the G-spot, which... I don't really even think it was my G spot. That's supposed to make you squirt when they get when it gets you got hit. This Honey, injected, injected. The doctor was a man. No, no. Was when was girl. this? This was in uh, two thousand and six or seven. Oh, this. So, so they they probably just it was the first round. So yeah, the first like, round of it. They and didn't it was know. like not. It, it wasn't good. Work, yeah. No, but and it hurt a lot, which is like horrible. No, but uh, it was like a, a very. Um, I was like trying to figure out like how am I going to do this because I was working on the board of good vibrations here in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and I was like I felt like a thing of like I'm really not where I should be sexually I should be squirting you got to go to Amsterdam. They they do sex Ooh. different out there. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, they do it di- like, yeah. they read books or something out yeah. there. It's completely different. <laughs> you had one dude there. You, I, well, because th- my friend was like, my friend said this to me. He was like, you have to have sex in Amsterdam. The sex is going to be good, I promise. Because he had had sex with a dude from okay. Amsterdam. And that really- so then I was like, all right, I'll go to this man's house. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> I mean, we also t- did some poppers. So. Okay, I was waiting for you to say that. I was oh. like, let them know what the little what is cherry poppers, on top. What does poppers do? It's like a head rush. It's like euphoria. Mm-hmm. But it lasts really, really, sh- like it's short. Yeah. But it like, also it opens your butthole up. But that's not oh, why okay. I took it. But, uh, you know, it's just like a head rush. As a sober person, I can't do that. But Yeah, I'm sober I heard- too. So I don't, I don't do any of that. But I would like to uh, explore more anal. Mm. That's my new as drug. A sober is anal. As a so- yeah, anal. That, yeah wow. as a sober person. Oh, okay, wait, how long have you been sober? I've been sober for about three and a half, four years, something like that. Okay, and has it been a struggle, like with no. sex? No, 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 no. Actually, sex is really fun. Oh um, man, it was diff- it was like a dry spell. It, I was like, yo, my cooch is it's not working. It went mm. on vacay. Mm-hmm. It 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 felt like an outer body experience because I remember being horny all the time and then it was just gone. Mm. Yeah, it, I was looking all over for it. I was like, "Is it underneath the bed?" <laughs> yeah, I, I misplaced it. 
Yeah, for me, like smoking weed and getting um, sex, like getting whatever, it was such a combination. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird to not have weed with without, you know, like just sex without weed is weird. But it's still kind of, it's still good. Mm. I think I found it, yeah. Okay. But it's definitely different. It's an adjustment period Oof. for me. I got to see everything. It's, it's a lot. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> when you drink and have sex, mm-hmm. it... It's better. Yeah, because you're like loose and comfortable. Yes. And it kind of like eases the nerves, especially the first time. But um, I found that like, oh, I can just, I think I can just get into it, you know. It's definitely like a thought process. But getting into anal more. Um, okay, and we're back to anal. anal. Okay, it's no, always back. Want. And we're always back to and anal. And we're back. Yeah. I, wanted, I, I wanted to get into anal, so I got a new um, bucket style enema thing in my bag but it's a bucket what and you travel with this i don't travel with it oh okay Uh, Okay. what do you mean bucket it's got a bucket that you would like a tube that you stick in your asshole and then you fill the whole thing up with water wow and then you just so you can just clean out before you get fucked Mm. now had you had okay so do you remember the first time you had anal um yeah i was really young i started having anal um in probably my teen years no. and then I didn't come back to it until my uh, 30s because I was like oh this doesn't feel right but then I started doing it again in my 30s with a guy who um, it was actually in San Francisco he was in a band <laughs> and we were touring and he um, he uh, we had anal and then he put his hand on the pillow was a white pillow case no and then on his thumb was like a chunk of very dark shit no. that had like a twig with a tiny green leaf. No! And I was like, <laughs> um, well, you're healthy. Yeah. And you were like, like, I'm going to come back to this. Like a tiny green leaf that was like, you know, life springs eternal. That's what I got from that. Okay. Is that we're, we're just in a continuum of existence. <laughs> Is that part of the cycle? It? Yeah. Where? Whose white pillow? Was it a hotel? It was a hotel. He took it like, this hippie bitch did not <laughs> and, uh, clean out her ass at all. He said, this <laughs> Kashi Golene <laughs> ass ass. It was really, ca- it was really Kashi Golene. It was uh, like a little sprouted twig on his thumb. So, you know, I I've, I've thought I got to clean out yeah. before. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we had um, on our podcast, we had a, a friend of ours who was like the bottom expert. Mm. He was doing, he was telling us all the tricks to like what, how gay men who bottom oh. have to prep before yeah. they go out in the streets to get yeah. theirs. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, we don't, we don't go to dinner dates because like we're not going to eat yeah. before mm-hmm. we have sex. Mm-hmm. You, you got, right. you have to be on, you have to have anal on an empty stomach. Right. right. So he told us a story about he went on a date. And he went to the guy's house. They had sex, and then they had dinner, and then they went to a movie. Yes, it was, was reverse. reverse. It was ver- reverse. And oh. me and Cindy were like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving you nothing until I eat and exactly. watch a movie. Like and I want to yeah. have a good time." And even then, it's like eh, I still don't even really want to <laughs> give it to you. I'm gonna lay on my side yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe touch it with my hands. But yeah, anal is something. I think it's like really about trust and getting somebody like to feel like. There in there, and there's more space in my asshole than there is my pussy, which is a weird. Yeah, because you got collagen beads. In there. I know there's so much stuff in my pussy, but my asshole is like relatively wide open space. <laughs> okay, it's like rolling fields. All right, there's just a lot of space in there. I, don't I know can why. whistle in it. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> skip. You can skip in there. <laughs> this is great. Little tumbleweed come out. Yes, but I got got into anal because it makes your pussy feel tighter if you put something in your asshole. So it's like if I put something in my asshole, then my pussy doesn't feel as 
like stretched. Mm. I thought this snapped back. It does snap back, but after you know, I'm 51, so you're 51. Yeah, you look fantastic. Thank you. Wow, you just turned 51, right? Yes, in December. So oh, it's high good. five. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, but you Asian. Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Also, we that. we're. I mean, you know, it's like we we do have the luck on our side, even though we don't have privilege. We have a lot of okay. like you know. Talk about it. All of the youthfulness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we can never we can never really age. You look good. Thank yeah. you. I can't. I love it. Thank Amazing. You. I'm I'm hoping when I get to 51 that. Yeah. But also being sober definitely helps that as it well. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? I mean, how long have you been sober? Well, I started five years ago, five mm-hmm. and a half years ago, but then I relapsed. But now I'm mm-hmm. back and I'm like two two and some change. That's good. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like whatever, whatever you do, like it's, it's, it, it's always going to work. Even mm-hmm. like if we like relapse or whatever, it's like if you come back to it, it's always good for you. It's true. It's good for comedy too, I think. It helps mm. me a lot, you know, because I love to drink in like a club. I love to like do shows and then get wasted. So mm-hmm. it's like better mm-hmm. to not do that. Yeah, Marie's pretty good at just like staying chill and then like drinking afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I mean, because well, I don't like to be drunk on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I'll perform on an edible. Like and yeah, I'll yeah. get on stage and be like, uh, the edible just hit. Yeah. But I've never alcohol's never been my like drug of choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'd yeah. rather just you know, I can't. It's yeah. better. I but I did. I would say I would like. I thought I was having more fun on stage when mm-hmm. I was um, drinking. But it's just more about being confident. It's less about right. it's less about, oh, you're having fun. It's like you just feel more in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not real. No, and it's it's just like um drinking also is just so toxic for the body. Like mm-hmm. it just feels like poison. And, you know, when you get away from it for a while you realize how poisonous it was. You know, it's just sort of like if you feel debilitated. I felt very debilitated doing anything. Mm. So it's better to do without. Wow. I think it makes you feel like heavy. It like weighs you down. Yeah, a bit. yeah. It's just like us, just so much sugar in it. So it's like your body's just like weighed down. So we're we're free. We are free. <laughs> we're free without it. So what are you doing here at the festival? What shows? Um, so we have a podcast. Yes, it's called the Unofficial Expert. Yes, and we talk to people who think they're experts at things you don't need skills for. Yes. <laughs> so we basically it's an hour of messiness we find we find ways to get your business out there i love it without prying too much Mm -hmm. um you have so much fun on a podcast that you forget that you're on a podcast you're like yeah but we're like roasting you and we learn your mother's name and we throw that back at you later oh that's perfect we're like is karen listening (laughs) what (laughs) how do you know but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here doing uh, the live show. It's tonight. Yeah. Um, 11.30. Yeah. Wow. At the Punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's the, the very last show on a Saturday. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. They save the best for last. Oh, look Perfect. at that. Thank Positivity. You. Vanessa right. Williams. 2020. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's exactly how I thought of it. Yeah. You know? Because we were like, uh, uh, 11.30. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, the city is late. The city loves a late moment. So you can have a great uh, time. We just went to brunch and we thought we were going to be the owns there because uh-huh. no one in New York Packed. goes to brunch this early. <laughs> yeah. There was a Packed. line around the block. Oh, wow. It, it was, was like, insane. I was like, look at these rich ass nerds. No, Ooh. no. They, I, it was it was literally just in San Francisco. You get up early and you just go about your day. You mm-hmm. count your money and then mm-hmm. you go to brunch <laughs> at 9 a.m. That's right. It's crazy. <laughs> Wait, Margaret, where are you from? I'm from San Francisco. Oh, okay. So this this is your this is your town. Yes, but I was I was here um, I was here from 1968. So I was here when the city was actually poor. 
and mm. gay and very um when it was cool when it was cool very artist centric and very crazy and uh you know hippies and punk rock and drag and a lot of that is gone you yeah. know because it's definitely a different town now but it's still beautiful it's still beautiful yeah i i mean i wish that they could just work on the homelessness a little bit yeah, more yeah it's hard cuz it's just like i i came here last year and the mm-hmm. year before that and it's 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 everywhere. It's everywhere. I've done a lot of homeless outreach here, and it's been very difficult because um, the city, uh, the people who live here don't care. And so that's a very... It feels like it. It's a very rough situation for the people living on the street who were former residents of the city, who mm-hmm. are still residents of the city, but that got pushed out because of all of the money coming in. So it's a very, it's a difficult situation. It's such a crazy juxtaposition, too. Like, it's like you're stepping over them to go to the Apple store. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Where can people find you on social media and your podcast and everything? Our podcast is called The Unofficial Expert. It's that on Instagram. Yeah. And it's that... Everywhere you get bomb ass podcasts. Yeah. Wonderful. Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. Well, this thank so you fun, so much. Margaret. Thank you. I'm so glad that you came. When you're in New York, come do our podcast. I yes, will. Please. Thank you. Yeah. Well, wait, what do you think you're an expert in unofficially? Uh, um, I think, oh, probably sex toys. I do think, actually, unofficially, I am an expert on sex toys. So. Okay. Well, you're going to bring them. that saddle to yeah, the I, to I will. The I'll bring it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it. Thanks, Margaret Cho. Thank you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And now we talk to comedian Adam Conover. So what are you doing here at the festival? What You're doing your shows. Which ones? I'm doing uh, a, a show called Adam Conover Does an Hour of Stand-Up. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't... Uh, often when I do uh, when I tour I do like uh, like for the last year I toured like a one man show that mm-hmm. had like slides and like a lot of information and learning yeah. and stuff and I wanted people to know it's not that I'm literally just doing an hour of stand up um, okay. I'm doing that and I'm doing uh, Doug Benson's movie interruption oh great uh, yeah uh, that's great it'll I'm I think it'll be low stress. I think I'm just going to hang yeah. out and watch Hobbs and Shaw and say whatever pops into my head. I think do you have to we- smoke weed? Um, I hope you don't have to. I'll have a tiniest, whenever anybody offers me weed, I have the tiniest, like, you know, like, just because I'm a real lightweight and I don't. so strong. And I don't uh, get high and perform. No, it's the worst because everybody's looking at you. And you're like, (laughs) why are you looking at me? Yeah. And then it's like, what's happening? It's such a um, disorienting thing. Have you done Doug's um, podcast? No. You have to get so high. Yeah. And it's like really freaky yeah i'm not i mean i i I would i guess Mm -hmm. there was like a show when i was coming up in new york called oh fuck what was it called it was andy haynes's show and might have been called midnight run um but it was a show where it was a stand-up show where just all the comics were like force-fed 
uh, pot before oh, going no. up. It was one of those shows where when I was coming up, uh, I was like, oh, I hope they ask me to do it, but I hope they don't ask me to do it. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like kind of terrified. Uh, I saw like Kumail have like a panic attack on stage Yeah, once. <laughs> because it's like a, I mean, the thing is, is that I don't think marijuana and performance go together, although they're often paired for some reason. Yeah. Um, from the 60s, I guess, from the Rolling Thunder Review or something. Yeah. And that we just somehow uh, end up doing it. But it's actually, I mean, marijuana, the high in general is a fairly introspective one, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I lose, a, I, I, I'm often not that verbal when I'm high. I'm not at all. But I feel like a lot's happening in my mind. Yeah. Although one time I was like doing a show in New York. It was after I had moved away. So I was in town and... A dude like offered me a hit off his vape right after a show. And it was a show where like there were lots of comics around who I wanted to talk to. Like I wanted to be super social. And mm-hmm. then he was like, here, have a hit off this vape. But it was this was like early vape years. So this yeah. guy was you had to be like a hobbyist to have a vape. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I was like, what is this? And he's like, Oh, that's hash. <laughs> or it was like a hash concentrate or something. And I was like, oh no, I have to leave immediately because mm. I'm gonna melt. And instead, I had a very clean and clear high where I was like super verbal and mm. I I felt like I was having high ideas but I had no like blockage or like stupid like duh duh brain that's good and I was like what is this I would like more of it and uh-huh. I never I mean I've never experienced it since I wouldn't yeah. know how, how to go about finding such a thing yeah but. yeah it's uh yeah it's it's very strange because oh they're always different and you never know and it's kind of trial and error and even mm-hmm. within the same crop of something it's you're gonna have different reactions it's weird I started getting a little bit of legal pot in LA and I, I'll be like okay let me get the sativa one and let me get the indica one and I'm like okay this is they're gonna let me try out which one's different and I've concluded there's no difference they're this they're the same <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't experience it I trick myself into it right but I don't there isn't really no like if you're told that you're gonna have a high where you're like excited and upbeat or mm-hmm. you're going to have a high where you're like, you know, lazy and you're not going to want to get off your couch. I think you'll have that experience, but I don't really buy that these like when you see a little package of weed that says sativa on it, mm-hmm. it means anything for right. your high. It's more of a placebo. I think that a mm-hmm. lot of and actually a lot of your work sort of talks about that like yeah. certain things that are placebos, certain things that are just because the influence of a story mm-hmm. of a product that is sold to you that you believe it and you feel the effects of that. Yeah. But what we did on on the show, this is one of the big episodes where we um, changed our story halfway through because we found out it was more interesting than we thought. We were doing a whole segment on how, on how powerful the placebo effect is um, and how all these like wellness treatments are really just the placebo effect. We're explaining what it was to people. Mm-hmm. And then we found a whole strain of science that's being done now at uh, – there's like a placebo research center at Harvard – um, run by this guy, Ted Kapchuk. Basically, their research is about how the placebo effect is so powerful, it can actually have like genuine therapeutic benefits. Mm-hmm. And that traditional medicine also uses the placebo effect without you knowing it. When a doctor right. like listens to you comfortingly and like maybe touches your shoulder mm-hmm. or, and says, oh, wow, that's really hard. Or, or you know, hey, this is going to help, right? Mm-hmm. All those things. Similarly, engage your body's belief that you'll be healed causes your, your you know, your mind to engage and and you know actually like shows benefits and they these show up in real studies yeah um so we end so there's a lot of work being done now on like the positive effects of the placebo effect and so our conclusion ended up being instead of like don't get acupuncture and whatever you know like don't like reiki it's all bullshit our 
conclusion ended up being actually those things can have real therapeutic benefits as long as you don't pursue them to the exclusion of traditional medicine. Right. Um, so if, you, if you're trying to cure your cancer with Reiki healing, don't do that. Yeah. But like – if you find that it reduces your nausea from the drugs you have to take or if you, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. go ahead as long as you're, you know, as long as you're pursuing evidence-based medicine all around, which is really cool because it's mm-hmm. like when I would hear people say, oh, the mind is so powerful. Like the power of the mind can uh-huh. heal you. I was like, oh, that's some woo-woo nonsense, yeah. right? But it's actually true. There is science uh, about like the specific effects that it can have. Right. And I, I agree. I think that it, it is like so many different things psychologically that you can do to set yourself up to win, you know. Yeah. But it's it's like I think when you exclude other factors that that's when it goes wrong because mm-hmm. then you just think, oh, it's going to be this magic thing that's going to help me. Yeah. And then that's where it's bad. I mean, I wonder when I watch her show, like, is there like a certain thing that you have – so-called, I don't think of it as ruined because you're actually yeah. informing people more. So it's not yeah. ruining them. You're just educating them. Is there something that people like, are really defensive about that yeah. like can't they can't deal with? Yeah, the, p- part of the idea behind ruined is it's like a superficial, it's like the superficial pledge of the show. It's yeah. like the joke of the show is that of we're course. ruining things. And then underneath it's uh, where, yeah, we're educating you. But by getting ahead of the idea of like, oh, this guy's annoying yeah. and, we, and making a joke out of that, then hopefully people listen a little bit mm-hmm. better. But yeah, people have like, such strong reactions when they um, – especially when they're, like, really embedded in the old way of thinking. Of course. You know? So, like, the big example I, I use a lot is, like, we did a whole thing about funeral homes and, and embalming and how right. unnecessary it is. And and people who work at funeral homes are like, that guy skews everything uh-huh. and he doesn't t- – blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's like, well, you're – Sorry that you make your money in that industry and mm-hmm. it's like kind of hard for you to see the forest for the trees and you're not a bad person. Right. You know, they feel personally attacked and, and et cetera, but it's still true what we say. It is. And it's bad for the planet. All of yeah. the, the caskets that are like – I mean you don't yeah. need a it's casket that's like lead, with lead interior and – you know, like, why? Yeah. Because you're going to just sit there yep. putrefying in the earth and you'll never fully break it's, down. It's very expensive. And, you know, the embalming and funeral home community is built on this, like, false science that, oh, it's healthier and you have to do it. And, mm-hmm. Whereas, really, it's like it, if you just bury a person in the ground in, like, a shroud, mm-hmm. well, like just what's, what they do is called natural burial. Mm-hmm. They just wrap them in something, you know, like a piece of cloth yeah. that biodegrades. Put someone in the ground. And do that properly. They'll, you know, they'll they'll decompose quite quickly, and it's very safe to do. Yeah. And there's there's nothing, uh, you know, unusual or strange really about that. Yeah, I think what they do offer is really the ritual of a good death, which it has to do more with um, the the saying goodbye to somebody loved, and yeah. that's that's more of um, a psychological thing. That's more of like. Kind of the placebo effect in a way of like saying everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And that that's what I think they're good for. But people do it even when they they do these things that in my view are, are not really helpful to that process. Or it might not be helpful for that process for that family. I'll just give an example. My grandfather passed away and he had uh, an open casket like mm-hmm. funeral. So he was – he was um, embalmed and presented for, you know, with an open casket, right? They do mm-hmm. makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. And we had a little procession so we could look at it. And you would think, all right, yeah, wouldn't that be closure? Isn't that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. And I really didn't like it. I was like, that's yeah. not my grandfather. It's it, awful. It, it looked like taxidermy. Yeah, It was it like is. very glossy. That's what it is. It's taxidermy. False. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody else really liked it either. I, I didn't see mm-hmm. anybody, go, anybody going, oh, I'm really glad that I did that part, you know? Yeah. And... My grandmother, when she passed away about a year and a half later, didn't 
do that part. It was like some sort of it was like a request he had made, mm-hmm. and nobody missed it. No one was like, "Oh, I wish it had been open casket." Right? The same yeah. family members. No, one was, and you know, it's like, and sure, he wanted that, but like. To me, it felt a little bit like he was just going to the funeral home and, like, loading up. Give me everything. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure he really cared. Or he had some idea in his head, this is what a funeral looks like. Mm-hmm. But a big part of our show is the idea you have in your head of this is what this thing looks like mm-hmm. often isn't a good idea. Right. And you just – if you examine it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, if you examine what you want your wedding to look like or what you want childbirth to look like or what you mm-hmm. want any of these life steps. We talk about a lot of these. You start to realize, oh, wait, that's uh, – this isn't, isn't actually serving me. It's wasting my money yeah. and making me stressed out, et mm-hmm. cetera. That's right. I think that's good. I think it's smart. And I think it definitely can save people a lot of anxiety and frustration. And like, why are we going through all of these sort of societally sanctioned rituals for what? So that we can benefit these industries that we don't even care about, really. Yeah. And those rituals are are placed there by the industries. I mean, the the original segment of my show that, that, you know, kicked it off was about the diamond engagement ring and Mm -hmm. how that was a marketing creation by the De Beers Corporation. It was not a tradition. It's a pure... The, the entire tradition is a marketing creation, um, and it's one that we all follow or that most right. people follow, the, the vast majority of people do. And there's no there's no reason for it other than it was in a bunch of ads. <laughs> right? Exactly. Or, I mean, it's it's not this, like, thing that happened, I guess, whatever, in, like, medieval times that we still do. Yeah. Like, it's not like that. No. Or, like, diamonds, I mean, the, the, um, the harvesting of diamonds is so costly to human life, and mm-hmm. it's, like, a very, like, destructive industry yeah. anyway, and that we're using these um, objects to um, represent love is, is ludicrous. Yeah, it is. And they're not even valuable, you know, the price mm-hmm. of a diamond. It's for, funny because funny I did this topic first, like, five years ago, but I still love talking about it. The price of a diamond... Like, you, you have the idea that you're buying sort of like a hunk of gold, mm-hmm. that it has, like, a, a tangible value, that, that it's the kind of good where, you know, once you own it, it's, like, worth the same amount, you know? Yeah. Like, I bought a piano. Me and my girlfriend bought a piano this year. And one of the nice things about buying a piano is the money doesn't go away. You can right. s- resell the piano. A piano is kind of always worth it as long as you keep it in good condition, mm-hmm. right? And so is, like, a, a bar of gold. If you buy an ounce of gold, well, the price of gold fluctuates. But you can always take it back to the gold district or, yeah. or whatever and resell the gold. Not true of diamonds. And people mm-hmm. think it's true but you know if you take your you know zales diamond to like a diamond merchant they'll be like this is worth they won't pay you money for it Maybe they'll give you a hundred bucks or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um because it's not actually that kind of commodity right. the price is fictional it's not a commodity you know good traded good like gold is even mm-hmm. though we all sort of have this perception oh this is a valuable thing they're actually not really valuable in a meaningful sense other than that the price is high but yeah. the price is not the same thing as value Yes, true. That's very true. That's very true. That's like one of the hard truths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that price is not the same thing as value. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, I'm not an economist and I feel like I'd have to start to figure like pulling it apart. What is what is the difference between price and value, you know? Um oh, well, this is a good example. Another good example of this. People always say that the value of your home goes up. One mm-hmm. of the reason to buy one of the reasons to buy a home is the value of your home will continually rise so you'll make money, right? right? 
That's actually not true. The price of your home could rise. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's an open question whether that's going to be more or less than inflation. If you look right. at the housing market over the last hundred years, it's actually tracked inflation directly. So mm-hmm. it's not been like a profitable, you know, investment overall uh, compared to say the stock market, which has gone up, you know, by X percentage every year or on average every year. But um, especially, so the price of your home might go up. But the value of your home doesn't go up because mm-hmm. the value of your home is is what its use is, right? Right. And its use is going to stay the same. It's still going to house the same number of people, mm-hmm. right? Unless you add a wing or something, mm-hmm. uh, you you could you could do make an addition on the house, but then you're paying for that, right? And so you know, hopefully that value would go up more than the price you paid for it. But like in general, a, a house that can hold four people is going to be able to hold four, four people 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. So barring the neighborhood becoming more desirable, which could mm-hmm. increase the actual value of it, the, a house is a house is a house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, in fact, it's a lot like a car, which degrades over time. You have to put money into it, right? right. We know that the value of a car depreciates because it's like, oh, yeah, it gets run down. You have mm-hmm. to fix it. It becomes kind of crappier. The same thing happens to your house. Yeah. So what's this idea that it is getting more valuable over time. It's once you start thinking about it, you're like, that's clearly not true. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Is there anything like that was really surprising to you? I mean, I feel like you do have a very realistic view of the world mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So that's your outlook. And then it's more of a logic-based as opposed to sentiment-based thought process. Mm-hmm. So, but is, was there anything that really surprised you that you, you sort of thought, thought, oh, wow, I didn't, I couldn't even imagine. The placebo thing actually did because mm-hmm. it, it, it was one of the biggest ones where I, where I, rev- it changed what I thought of the topic in a deep way, right? Because mm-hmm. I was very much, you know, you can see in the show, especially in the earlier years, I came at it from like the skeptic tradition of like, this stuff's not true, right? right? It's bullshit and we shouldn't be engaging in bullshit, mm-hmm. right? And that really made me realize that, well, even if something doesn't have, you know, that form of efficacy, that doesn't mean it can't be doing something for people that is real, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is doing a real thing. And uh, that broadened my appreciation for what activities I take seriously, you mm-hmm. know? A good friend of mine does tarot. She's like a semi-professional tarot reader yeah. <laughs> in yeah. L.A. And like... That's the kind of thing that I really would have rolled my eyes at yeah. uh, before because, of course, it's not like predicting the future. You can't predict the future with a car. What the fuck is this? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're reading meaning into into random symbols. Yeah. But then knowing her and, like, talking to her about it and having her do it once or two times, I'm like, wait a second. But having someone read meaning into random symbols can be meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's an art form. It's not a science. Yeah. It's an art form. Right. And I'm not going to make a stock, uh, you know, price, <laughs> stock buy yeah. based on it or anything like that. But, like, you know, to ask someone a question, you know, what is my path or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And to have someone then, you know, look at some random pictures and, like, tell you a story, mm-hmm. you know, is can be of actual benefit to you, yeah. even slightly... You know, even just in, in your mood or something like that. I, I, I'm feeling like there would be a time, or if you're not pursued now, by uh, people will, for you to, like, endorse a product or uh, endorse some sort of, like, service that you really did believe in. Like, you have that sort mm. of, like, persona where mm. this, every, every cutting through all of the bullshit, but this to be, like, the perfect salesman for something that really works. That's really interesting. Yeah, I haven't been approached by anything about that specifically, um, I have been asked to like 
like after the first year of the show, like T-Mobile asked me to make a video about how like other cell phone contracts were bullshit uh-huh. and they have hidden fees. I'm like, I can't do this. Uh-huh. This is <laughs> terrible. Because of course T-Mobile's contracts are bullshit too. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I do a podcast now. I have a podcast called Factually where I interview experts and people like that. And we do we have ads and I do the ad reads myself, mm-hmm. which at first made me a little bit comf- uncomfortable Yeah, because I'm like, well, I don't want to be endorsing products. But I, I can choose – you know, I choose. I don't endorse anything that I believe is like truly a scam. Yeah, like genetic testing or something mm-hmm. like that is is an industry that I have real problems with. Mm-hmm. So I don't do. I wouldn't do like twenty three and Me. But if it's like, you know, hey, a mattress, yeah, sure. You yeah. know, and I just make sure I couch a little bit. Where like, they, you'll get the best sleep of your life. They say. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? yes. so I'm like, that's what they say. That's I don't say, say it. Yeah, but that's what they say. Well, I'm curious about genetic testing because I've had it done. Uh, I never paid for it, but I had it done um, on that show, Finding Your Roots. Oh, with so um, with um, with Skip. Yeah. So with um, Henry Louis Gates Jr. Yeah. And uh, and I thought it was interesting, but that was sort of at the very beginning of the idea of genetic testing. Yeah. But what do you think? It, what do you think about it? Well, that's also being done with you know the the what you did was with the uh, assistance of you know historians right. and like experts who were and yes. you were actually doing your genealogy as mm-hmm. well right that's mm-hmm. my understanding of the show yes. that's one thing and i i don't have a particular opinion about that mm-hmm. but um these uh commercials where people are like i found out i was 116th cherokee you know uh-huh. like that sort of thing is like Hold on a fucking second, you know, uh-huh. um, because, you know, what these are doing is, first of all, the 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 genetic markers that they find are linked to regions, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it, and, and um, the way that those map onto our understanding of race, right, mm-hmm. is very, very poor. Like, race is not a matter of genetics. Right. It, it simply isn't, right? Um, you can ask Elizabeth Warren how much she learned about that in the, mm-hmm. la- in the last year, right, where she's like, oh, no, actually, I have ancestors. And they're like, you know, they were like, actually, you know, whether or not you're Native American is defined by whether you're a member of a tribe, mm-hmm. you know, enrolled in a tribe, and you're not, so you're not. And, like, what, you know, like, yeah. th- this is, like, a fundamental misunderstanding of, like, what race and ethnicity is that these companies are selling. Yeah. And then also... There's just the simple issue that, like, uh, uh, Gizmodo did a big write-up on this. If you send in your genetic test for ethnicity to two or three different uh, places that'll, you know, send you back the pie chart of, like, oh, I'm 10% this and 5% that, Mm -hmm. you'll get different results because it's not that accurate. And it's very much a judgment call and Mm -hmm. the particular algorithm that they use and – you know that's not a that's not a regulated, super scientifically backed system, right? Mm-hmm. So it ends up becoming more like astrology or like a Myers Briggs test, right? Right. Where, but people send it in because they want some information about themselves. Yeah. Like, oh wow! It says I'm three percent Inuit. Cool, mm-hmm. right? But it, that doesn't mean anything. That's just the race tests. Then the uh, the medical ones are just. Mm-hmm should be banned and mm-hmm. were banned for a long time until they sort of weaseled their way around the bans. And, yeah. you know, when they're telling you, here's your cancer prevalence and, oh, and uh-huh. stuff like that, there's just so little research about how much they can really detect those things. Mm-hmm. And the worst part is research about whether people will make good or bad medical decisions after you give them that information, which is like a, a, an mm-hmm. important part of medical testing. Yeah. Right. Um, like, there's a constantly debate. We did an episode about this 
about mammograms, right? And mm-hmm. and when the right amount of time, when, when you should start giving mammograms and uh, uh, what the, you know, criteria for a positive should be and what the result should be. Because what they learned is if you start doing it too early and too often and the test is too reactive, people will get unnecessary surgeries as oh, a result, okay. right? Uh-huh. They'll be told, oh, you have a lump, right? And they'll be, oh, no, I have cancer. I need to get, I need to cut everything off or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. Or, they'll, they'll, or the, even if they don't do that, they'll just be upset they'll panic yeah. they'll they'll be worried right yeah. but at younger ages it's it's less and less likely that those lumps actually are anything so how someone reacts to a test uh, emotionally mm-hmm. um and in terms of how it informs their medical decisions what they decide to do as a result is a really important part of whether you should even give a test right mm-hmm. that's what doctors have found over the last like 20 years so the idea that people are just like sending in consumer DNA tests, right? And getting back a printout in the mail of, you know, something that was batch done by some huge company for like 50 bucks, Uh right? And then maybe panicking, maybe saying, oh, no, I'm going to get cancer. I'm going to die. And then going to a doctor with a test in their hands. No, you got to help me. Like, I've got, you know, and the doctor's like, you know, maybe this one doctor says, uh, no, 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 actually, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And that doctor is correct. But the, the patient doesn't believe them. And they go to another doctor mm-hmm. who, you know, like these sorts of things can happen. These are yeah. real risks. Um, and that's why for so long those tests, like medical tests, were banned. But again, these you know companies managed to like work their magic on the FDA to, to sort of get around them. Mm-hmm. There's a big article that the uh, investigative d- journalist that Gizmodo did called like consumer DNA testing is the scam of the decade. And yeah. it's got, just got a big list of all these things. So um, this is just me repeating what I've read. I, this mm-hmm. is not something we've done on my show. So I, I'm not as familiar with it as, as we are with some of the others. But those are all of my issues. <laughs> I know it's a lot. <laughs> well, I think it's like people like like searching for meaning. We're always yeah. searching for meaning and, and a way to live. And like that's kind of like – these crutches that these companies are offering. I mean, it's crafty in order to, like, make money in a very, very big way is to appeal to that side of people that need to know why and how and what's going to happen. Yeah, tell me who I am. Yeah. uh, Who who am I? What's going to happen to me? That's, like, a deep desire that everybody has. Mm -hmm. And that's the, you know, what people want to, that's what people go to psychics for. That's what people go to the the Myers-Briggs personality test for. That's why people read the horoscope. That's why people are getting the genetic tests. Yeah. Um, But... If you're giving people medical advice or you're telling them something about their ancestry, like you have a much higher uh, responsibility than my friend doing tarot for you like at a bar. Yeah. No, I, I, when we um, did that, my family and I did the whole like um, finding your roots thing. Um, they told us that uh, we're all Chinese and we're Korean. Mm-hmm. And my parents were so upset. <laughs> no, no, no. They like totally rejected that part of it. And I was like, well, you know, we might actually all be Chinese. And it's yeah. a funny thing. Like, uh, you know, they just wouldn't go. We wouldn't go with it. Wow. <laughs> they have a real sense of like identity as being Korean. Yeah. But it's it's kind of, but it's all just this construct, like the Korea of the nation. It's not. It's yeah. not a, a type of person. It's not a race that you can measure in blood. Yeah, and, and that is like that division. I, I I don't know as much history about that part of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that there are those you know the, those divisions between those countries have gotten much harder. Mm-hmm. Obviously, since World War Two, yes, right? With yes. what Japan did in the whole area yes. and like stirred up so much enmity and so much like the nationalism like arose mm-hmm. since like the since like 1900 right yes and before that there was a lot le- you know china was like not a nation mm-hmm. <laughs> for like so yeah. long right yeah so 
yeah, that's a place where it could be true genetically. Like, there could have been a genetic thing mm-hmm. that they really did find mm-hmm. that, like, if you looked at it closely enough and figured it out, you could say, ah, yes, some of our ancestors, like, you know, went from China to Korea in such and such a year, mm-hmm. right? But that is so at odds with your parents' like notion yeah. of Koreanness and what maybe everyone else's notion of Koreanness is too. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how other Koreans would react to that information, <laughs> but maybe they would feel the same way. Maybe know? it's it's so interesting. Well, I'm I want to come see your show. I want to see. Um, well, I want to see you do an hour stand up, mm-hmm. and um, so you're doing that here. And yes. then will you do a special of it, and then? Carry it on that way, or do a tour of it. Or? I I did so. I did a one man show last year called Mind Parasites. That was sort of this. I was using these biological parasites that like infest the minds of their hosts. Like there's this fungus that takes over the mind of an ant mm-hmm. and like causes it to like climb a leaf, climb a tree, mm-hmm. and uh, and die in this particular way that helps propagate the fungus. Um, I talked about a bunch of these different crazy biological parasites, and I used it as a way to talk about like the parasites that control our minds, mm-hmm. like advertising and social media algorithms. Rhythms and alcohol, in my case, to talk about my experience uh, quitting drinking. And that I did as like, I want to do this as a special, right? Mm-hmm. And so I toured that all through 2019. We're trying to sell it as a special. Mm-hmm. If we're not able to, then I'm going to, you know, take, I'm going to like work seriously on a new stand up hour. But right mm-hmm. now, I'm very much in the like just generating new stand up material yeah. phase while we try to sell last year's hour. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to do a special at some point, yeah. but a, a traditional stand up special. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of new to me. That's great. Yeah, and then the so and the new podcast is on. It's on it's on Earwolf, um, but you can get it anywhere where you get podcasts. And uh, the show is coming back always. It's a huge hit. It's really thank exciting. you. We uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's on Netflix right now, and I think in September they're gonna. No, wait. No, it'll be before then. In like April or something, like new episodes will hit Netflix. Okay. They'll, they'll cycle new ones in. That's great. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you on the socials? Oh, on uh, uh, at Adam Conover everywhere that everywhere. you look. Yeah. Well, thank you for educating us today. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me, Margaret. It's really a thrill to be here. So great. Thank you. <laughs> it's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I don't know where to start. Coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark. Yeah, coming out of the dark. Erios. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.